Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Passing Dimes. Really excited for today's returning guest. So when she joined us last time, she was dominating at the University of Pittsburgh, where she's a proud alumni. But since that time, she's played pro in France, Germany, and she'll be returning to Germany after her summer with the Team Canada Women's Program. Please welcome back to the show, Lane Van Buskirk. Lane, thanks for doing this. Happy to be here again. Thank you. So take me through your first couple of years of pro before we talk about this summer with Team Canada. Cause yeah, we, I think you were like episode 97 when I looked it up. So you were, you know, fresh out of growing up in Windsor and going to play in the NCAA to like first year of pro. So what was it like? Cause I've heard athletes describe that like you're an NCAA athlete where you're basically a pro athlete, but now you don't have class. So like, was that really like liberating for you that you just had so much more free time in your schedule or did it take like time to get used to like just playing volleyball and having nothing else on your schedule? Yeah, definitely a lot, a lot of free time, which was pretty tough for my first year because um, it was like full-blown COVID in 2020. So no shops were open. I couldn't do anything like just sitting in the hotel room in France. So kind of wish there was more volleyball that year, but uh, this last, my second pro season was a lot of fun. Got to travel a lot. Nice. And what went into that? What went into your, your conversations with your agent about going from the France League to the German League? Um, it was just the next step up. I mean, the French and German league are pretty comparable skill-wise, but I was on, like, defending champion team of Germany last year, so it was just a next step up for me. And did that come with expectations, like playing in a top league like that like and being a foreigner? Was there any expectations or pressure you put on yourself to really have a good season? I didn't put pressure on myself, but the coaches definitely had very high expectations for me. Um they would send me videos of the past German middle and say, this is what you need to be like. And yeah. <laughs> and how did you deal with that? Cause obviously you're a national team caliber middle here in Canada, but was there a different style in Germany or was it a lot of the same system that you're running with coach Shannon? The coach there didn't quite like my style too much. I'm a bit of a chiller on the court and that doesn't really fit the German standard. So it took him a while to get used to me and how I, I play and that if it looks like I'm not trying, I actually am trying. That's so interesting. Is that something that any other coaches have ever talked to you about? Cause obviously we got to work together with team Ontario, but like, uh, I didn't think it was a problem that you weren't like this raw, raw, like bubbly player because you were business-like and you were, and you were great at a lot of skills. So is that something that different coaches kind of expect you to be a little bit more outgoing? Um, it was never a problem with me before just cause if you execute, like who cares how you, yourself um but yeah just germany that's the first time i've had that maybe before in my tennis life some coaches have thought i should care more but and and just looking again because you drew my attention to it of how like strong of a club this is so you guys did well at german cup i I think you finished second you did well at, at the super cup uh you were even in like a champions league level team so what was it like playing for a team like that like were you getting excited for playing against top competition and going to champions league and playing against other top clubs oh yeah for sure i mean champions league is the the biggest deal in pro volleyball so it was pretty cool i could experience that in just my second year and what were some of the venues like like where did you have to travel and who were some of the other teams in your pool in champions league um ironically this year we traveled to the ukraine and russia for champions league and how was that (laughs) (laughs) um it was it was an experience i mean I'd never been to either of those countries and it was kind of cool to see the culture and the fans be great. It was, it was good. 
I know you haven't arrived yet at your, the club that you're going to play for this year, uh, but what, what's the mood around there? We were just talking before the show that you're going to be on the same team as Hillary Howe, so it'll be nice to have a familiar face there. Like, What were some of the talks before joining this club with your agent? Uh, my last season, I didn't get as much playtime as I would have liked, so um, I was willing to take more of a step down like team-wise in the rankings of the German League in order for, to kind of ensure that I get more playtime, hopefully I'm a starter. So that was one of the deciding factors and having Hillary Howe there really, really sold me. Nice. And when you say a lower level team, I think this is still a division one team. Like they finished sixth in the like, Bundesliga, but they're not, I don't think they played in champions league last year. Is that fair to say? Yep. It's the same league. So I'll be playing against Dresden. And I'm very excited for that. I was going to say, is that going to be an easy game to fire up for? Oh yeah. So I understand Last year, I mean, before you joined the national team, I guess this summer, there was a bit of an injury scare there. So just take me through that, because I think up until that point, is it fair to say you've been pretty healthy your whole career? Like, I think even in club or university, you didn't battle many injuries, right? No, all I've ever had is a sprained ankle. And then in October of my pro season, I was deadlifting and something weird popped in my back. I don't know. And it wasn't too, too bad. It was just bad for a week. Played through it for couple months and then I went to cover a ball one time and a disc just came out apparently and it was hitting my nerve I couldn't feel my whole left leg and couldn't move my toes it was it was pretty bad I couldn't stand up for like a month uh ended up getting a bunch of injections they didn't work so I got a surgery to shave down the disc so it wasn't hitting my nerve anymore and I felt great for a week and then a week Passed and it came out again. So I got another surgery where they fully removed the disc and been rehabbing, and I feel I feel okay now. So. And were both those surgeries done overseas? Like, were you away from home, or did they send you back home to do it? Nope, they both happened in Germany, and honestly, pretty thankful. It was a they handled it really well. Uh, I told them I was in pain. I got an MRI that day and surgery two days later. So. That is very impressive because you, technically you're on a one-year contract, right? So to hear the club take care of you like that, that's really impressive. Yeah, I was very impressed with them. And did you have family come over and visit or, or were you like, you weren't alone in a hospital room or never felt alone, right? Um, no, my dad and his girlfriend came out for both my surgeries. And then after my mom came out and flew back home with me. Nice. And the first time you got to like either work out or play volleyball again, was was there any scare? Or like, did you have to ease into it? Because obviously... Like a disc injury is a very serious thing. Like what were some of those first times you got to put shoes on again and be an athlete? Like, Yeah, I came back and played with the next gen squad. So that was the first time I came back after surgery and hadn't touched a ball since. Um, and yeah, they eased me into it really nicely. I did some stuff on the side. I just like worked out for a bit and then slowly increased the amount of jumps I did and diving and all that. Now, is there anything special you needed to do as a middle because of the amount of jumps you're doing and the impact on your body? Um, I just watched my jump load for a while until the tournament, pretty much. And I'd say now I'm pretty much full back. I'm slightly hesitant to like do crazy dive moves, but I have never really done those anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> not too much of a lot. Yeah, I don't picture you transferring to libero later on in your career when you're just out of jumps. I think it's middle or bust right now. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> so you just touched on it there. You got to train with the next gen team. And one thing I love about volleyball Canada and the social media is you guys post a ton. And one thing you post is like the battle of the warm up games. And I was absolutely blown away to see you on the old team this year. So what is the mood around the national team where uh, at a very young age, you're considered a vet and there's some athletes like you're playing with at international events who are still in college university, right? Mm-hmm. It's a really cool experience for them to be on Team Canada while still in high school and college. Um, I mean, it is the next-gen team, so I, if I was with the A team, I would still be on the young squad. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep that in mind. But, um, yeah, the, the old squad won every time, so was happy to be on that side. <laughs> so what's going on with our national team right now? Obviously, Coach Shannon's doing a great job. Uh, Carolyn O'Dwyer got hired as a full-time coach, so it seems like the program's growing and growing. There's athletes from all over, whether it's U Sports, CCAA, NCAA joining. So what was the mood like in Richmond this summer? I know you didn't get to spend much time there because you got to go compete at the North Seeker right away. But what's it like just being around women's indoor right now? Yeah, I think um, they did a really good job hiring Carolyn. She is pretty much exactly like Shannon, um, the same concept. So it's pretty easy to pick somebody up from next gen that can just be integrated very easily to senior A. So I think they've done a really great job with that. Um, the mood is pretty good. We have we have high hopes for the Olympics, and that's that's the end goal here. And yeah, we'll see what happens with world champs there in our world ranking. And what was your impression of the the two events you got to play in? Because um, obviously the A team was focusing on VNL and Worlds and things like that. But sometimes Norseekas can be hit or miss where like maybe Mexico sends their A team, maybe they send their B team. Like you really never know what the other team's doing. So uh, is it pretty tempting just to focus on your system and what you need to do? Because you don't know what's going to be across the net. Probably, I don't think other countries really announce their rosters as well as we do. So you probably don't know who's playing against you until you're at the tournament, right? Yeah, absolutely. Our scouting was pretty much just watching their one previous game, just knowing maybe who their key hitters are and but more so just focusing on our own side like what we need to do to score now as a middle is that frustrating like when you play pro do you guys get like a pretty extensive schedule report whether it's the the middle you're going to be lined up in the rotation or what the other setters tendencies tend to be yeah um a lot of people do like that but i like as little information as possible (laughs) (laughs) i don't want my brain to be overloaded i'd rather just go out there and play because probably what you scout isn't going to happen anyways so I don't mind. That is super interesting. So if you're preparing for a match, like when you say as little as possible, like, do you want coach Shannon to be like lane, they're going to run a 30 base. So, you know, you're going to have to like approach the gaps or do you want to know that they're like going to run a 50 base or you're honestly just like, just tell me what rotation we're starting in. I'll take it from there. <laughs> um, okay, maybe not that dramatic, but <laughs> yeah, like I just need to know is the setter active and for your key hitters. Yeah. If a middle doesn't run a slide, that's, important to know but not much nice so for outside hitters the speed it's happening at your level are you looking at their shot charts and actually trying to like press and take away certain shots or is it honestly so fast you're just working on closing the block most of the time depends on the hitter sometimes we want to close the block sometimes we can leave a seam and just go straight over take away space and let the six back step into the seam take that um depends on how fast the other team runs their offense So it's different per game, I guess. Yeah, let's go there. I'm sure some coaches are perking up now. So literally in a game plan, like you'll say to the six pack defender, they know against, I I don't know, number 14 for Mexico, you're going to leave a gap on purpose, like no problem because you want, like 
you don't think they can blow up your defender in the scene. That's what you're looking for. Or are you just planning your defense? Cause it's too fast. Like I just, it's funny. I, I think growing up playing middle, it's always about close the block, close the block. Like if something scores in the scene, usually the back row players are, are yelling at you to like close the block where this seems like it's acceptable and you guys have planned and have a system for it. Yeah. Sometimes it's just like not realistic to close the ball, close the block every time. Cause opposites are usually the best players. So it's hard to get to the outside if you're, preoccupied with the opposite so six backs kind of expects to step into the seam that was a big thing with next gen at least really interesting so with everything going as fast as it is is there any middles you have to commit on or are you like in a pure read most of the time um period now is there ever a situation at your level where you would commit on another team's blocker or is that just giving up too many gaps or too much space I would only do it if the coach said to do it in that specific point, but we wouldn't, it wouldn't be in like a game plan like this, this time, this row you commit with the middle. It just gives up too much. Is there anything a middle can do to play with the setters? We've had a lot of setters on the show and they love looking through the net or using distribution or, or doing things in this rotation where, is there anything middles can do to kind of counter what the setters are trying to do? Because we give them credit being like big brain players, but I'm sure the middles who are chasing them around have to be able to like counter and do some tactical stuff too, right? Uh, I, I try to just worry about myself. I'm not trying to play mind games with the setter, but <laughs> they sometimes get me. When they look at me and then dump, uh, I take that personally. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So to flip it here on the other side of the ball, uh, offensively, what are you finding... Uh, is there anything in common between your clubs and what the national team's doing? Or honestly, it really just depends what that coach wants to do. Like, are there times where you're attacking gaps or are you just running a 50 based offense? Like what's it like being a middle in international volleyball right now? Um, it's definitely different per, per coach. Um, like in France, it was, we never played gameplay in practice. It was, I'm strictly just running slides and games. So it was pretty easy to read. Um, Germany, it ran everything. And, well, that's not true. Um, just threes, ones, and slides. And then Team Canada, we also do the back click, the mid slide, the push. So there's a lot more variety with Team Canada, I'd say. Is any of that audible or is it always coming from like a call from Bree before the point? Like, is there any time that you can just like shout and run a different play? Um, you can always audible whenever you want, but on serve receive, Bree will tell you what you're running. And what if, the pass is off and you can't run a quick, you can always audible, audible shoe or we have a zero ball where you just throw it up in the middle. If things get too chaotic. Interesting. So I'm fascinated that a pro club didn't do a ton of gameplay because for whatever reason in my mind, I thought they would just beat up on you guys and do like a ton of game sips. So when you're running like the, the six or seven sets you just mentioned with the national team, is that being taught in a gameplay situation? Or are you doing like a lot just like setter and middles on a court? Like how, how do you kind of learn and do all the connection stuff? Cause I'm sure you might be hitting at a different height than Jen crosses or a different speed than this middle. So how do you make sure the setters are connecting with every middle? It's, it's just reps. That's all. Just got to wrap it out until you get there. Now with your pro team with just the slide offense, was that fun? Like, did you have certain shots that you could hit and you were going to have success or just like, does it, did that take the excitement out of the position for you? It was just kind of get boring that you were just going to be like, I, I imagine you were beside the setter every rotation. You would just run slides. Yeah. Um, I don't mind because in two hitter rotations, you get more balls. So good point. Don't mind being the slide hitter. 
Now, what is successful with the slide hit? Because obviously the left slider blocker is going to be there to help in, in every situation. So is there any shot that you really developed or you would encourage young kids to if they're going to be in a slide-based offense? In college, I was a big, just hard cross two-to-two hitter. But since Team Canada, just I've learned to really use the edge, like use the blocker's hands, hit high hands, and you'll have a lot of success there. So down the line, getting that edge of that left hand. Now, why do you think that's so hard for hitters to get comfortable? Because I totally agree with you. I think blocking is the hardest position, but it feels like we're almost like taught to like avoid them or there's like social stress about like you don't ever want to get blocked so people don't even risk like chiseling off them. Um, I'm not sure because if you hit high, you can't really get slammed and it's always coverable balls. So I think using the hands is something definitely we've all learned to be more comfortable with because um at least the point goes on that way. Nice. Nice. So just back to team Canada real quick with the number of athletes here. Uh, I'm curious um, during COVID, obviously you guys did zoom and I think you did some really fun stuff like, like talent shows and different ways to connect. Now that you're all allowed in one place again, is there a lot of connection between like the A and the B and the NEP girls? Like, is there a way that uh, when you go to Richmond, you're kind of not like, who are these athletes? Like, does everybody tend to know each other or how do you, like get 40 athletes or more, whoever's connected to the program right now to kind of feel connected to team Canada. Um, I think we could definitely do a better job of connecting all the groups. It's just really hard because the tournaments are all at different times. We're not really in the oval at the same times. And if we are, we're practicing at different times and not much crossover, but we do have group chats where we're all together. It's just, it's not utilized too much because we have tournaments going on, so we're focusing on our own group. And But we, sh- we should find a way to make that a bit better. For sure. So when you are put on a team and you go to Narsika, what's something you try to do to get comfortable with the other athletes? So like when you're on the bus or you're in the hotel, like you can have a conversation with anybody. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty comfortable around anybody. I love meeting new people. Can, can connect with anybody. So um, I find once we start playing music in the locker room, we're bonded. Like once people are up dancing and singing, it's it's all good. Who's who's controlling the Bluetooth or the aux cord right now? Who's the DJ? Hmm, on next gen, it was uh, Casey Jost and Natasha Calkins like to take it and really hype herself up before games. So it was funny. Now, is she an actual DJ? Because sometimes at beach practice, they'll just put on like a big booty mix and it'll play for an hour. Like, is she taking the risk of playing like actual songs and getting like, yeah. you're going to take some gentle teasing if you really bomb this. Like people take the music pretty seriously. <laughs> I take it seriously. Yeah. Um, so you're the judgy one? A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> and is that the same kind of mood you like to do with your pro indoor teams too? Like there, there's a big thing about like playing music before the games and getting hyped up? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's big. It's just a little bit different genre in Germany. I love the like electro, all that techno stuff. Not a big top 40 thing going on in Germany? No, 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 no. They uh, even going out to like clubs in Germany, they'll play G6 like three times a night. Remember that song? It's like how they're so far behind. It's so funny. (laughs) Now, have you tried to bring them forward or just like, that's what we do here. That's what we like. That's, that's what we do. I'm not going to I'm not going to take the ox in Germany. <laughs> that's amazing. So uh, I am curious because uh, I don't know anything about this town. Have you visited your club? Have you ever been to, is it pronounced Achen? Like what, what is the size? What is the, the population? Like where, where are you close? Where are you flying into? 
you know, I should know all this information. I am flying in on Sunday and I'm going in pretty blind, actually. Um, I was injured when we played there last season, so I have not been to the gym. Um, I honestly haven't even spoken to the coach yet, so going in pretty blind. But um, I know it's on the border of Belgium and the Netherlands, so it's a different side of Germany that I've been on. And uh, I've heard Western is a lot more Westernized, so should be a bit different. And have you picked up any German phrases or is it friendly? Like, I think Germany is a pretty English friendly country, but maybe when you're in like a, a smaller town, I don't know if you need to be able to pick up certain words or anything. I was in uh, more of a tourist city, so I got by with English pretty easily. So hopefully this year it'll be the same. So with the German league, I'm always fascinated that the the international or the foreigner rule, for lack of a better term, it seems pretty relaxed where I'm looking at your roster. I think one of the setters is from the Netherlands. The other one is an American. Uh, you have a, an opposite from France. Obviously, you have a bunch of Germans. Uh, you have another Canadian on your team. Like, what is that like trying to get used to? Oh, you know, another athlete from Belarus here. So I think half the team is technically international. So does that take Eddie getting used to or do you kind of just do what the locals do? Like, it, I know technically like Canadians, we switched clubs almost every year. Do you have a sense with your club that like there's some loyalists there that have been there their whole career? Um, yeah, I think especially this club, um, everyone I've talked to that has been on that team, I've had some past teammates, so it's like super family and like they stay there, like everyone loves it there and yeah, they kind of grow up there. So, um, for me, uh, I think that's fun situation to come into cause just cause I can integrate myself pretty easily into that family atmosphere. So I think it should be pretty fun. Is that something you enjoy about the clubs you play with? Like, do they have um, like a community feel or like a youth club attached to it? Like, is that something that a lot of these European clubs have? Yeah, they have uh, mainly just youth teams that I've noticed. My last team was a whole sport club. So there was all different sports, all different ages. So that was fun to be a part of. And we would just go to other people's games, do little camps and stuff like that. Oh, okay. So your club had like, obviously like a soccer team or like a basketball team. Like how many members mm -hmm. do you think were part of your club? I don't know. It's big. It's from 1898. It was founded. So it's pretty big. Wow. What was your gym like? Um, it was sold out a lot. We shared it with the basketball gym. So we have a lot of very devoted fans. The fans were amazing. When you say sold out, is that like hundreds of people, thousands of people? I don't know what the number is. That's over a thousand though. That's gotta be pretty fun. But what what did you play in front of in Pittsburgh most of the games? Probably around two thousand. Nice. I think our most was like five or six. And what was that like? Because I saw on your social, you just went back to Pittsburgh and obviously uh, you're, you're very welcome there. But what is it honestly like when like a fan or even like a little kid recognizes you? I know it wasn't that long ago that you did play there, but to be recognized by fans has got to be a cool feeling, right? So awesome. Yeah, especially going back to Pitt. And as you might have saw, the little little girl in her cheerleader outfit came up to me and asked for a picture. It was just amazing. Now, is that because you're so tall or honestly, all the varsity athletes get recognized pretty well? We all get recognized. I mean, pit volleyball has really made a name for themselves in the last couple of years. So it was really uh, fun to go back and still be recognized as a part of that growth. 
Now, is anyone from your cycle that you were really close with at Pitt, are they also playing pro? Like when you're playing internationally, like do you, I know they weren't uh, Canadians necessarily, but do you recognize some familiar faces when you're playing Champions League or over in Germany? Um, the girls that I've played with all took the, like, they were red shirts and took their COVID year. So this is going to be their first year of pro. So Kayla Land is in Switzerland. I have Zoe Focke's in Greece. Um, Nika Markovic actually was in France last year and this year again. So yeah, it's fun as I go on to have more and more people that I know. Um, I realized this, that this year at the Norseca events that I have friends on the Puerto Rico team, on the U.S. team. So it's, it's getting a lot more fun. Yeah, I was going to say, does that make it easier just when like you're on downtime? Because uh, I think there's a lot of time to kill. And like you said, like if you have limited video or limited team meetings, like what do you do to fill the time on the road sometimes? Um, we do a lot of card games. Um, we were we were staying at pretty nice resorts uh, in Mexico and Dominican. So we all hang out by the pool. Get some good food. It, it wasn't too hard to do there, but usually a lot of the girls like to do card games on the spare time. Bunch of millennials carrying around a deck of cards. What was the game of choice this year? <laughs> On the A team, they love crib, but um, we stuck to Uno with next gen. Oh, I love to hear that. I love Uno. And I think that's a game where like everyone either knows the rules or you can learn like that sitting. Like it's not like a very complex game, right? Yeah, exactly. I hate learning new card games, you know? <laughs> Once I do it, it feels good, but uh, yeah, I'm not down to learn usually. Now, my days off. Uno can get pretty heated, right? And obviously, like, exactly. I think if you read the actual rules, but I think the way most people play is like you can stack and, and make sure that like somebody's yeah. going to get it by the end. Like, did it ever boil over like a little too much and get too intense? Oh, yeah. Almost every time. Who's like the biggest freak out on the team, if you don't mind sharing? <laughs> hmm. Uh, Kennedy Snape got pretty intense. Kennedy Snape, Melissa, myself pretty competitive i bet you put a bunch of ultra competitive people around a card game like stuff's gonna get like freaking out a little bit (laughs) yep well it's never ending either because we uh team up on each other like if i put it this way can you do something to her it's like yeah like all right (laughs) we kind of cheat we kind of cheat yeah i was gonna say the table talk is not usually encouraged but i guess if you're playing with the same people over and over again like how big was the group would you get like six of you playing at once Mm -hmm. yeah i can imagine that gets pretty nasty (laughs) <laughs> yeah all clean fun well this is sweet uh thank you so much for taking the time because i know you are super busy and i know you got family stuff to do and people to see before you go but it was nice to chat with you before you go over to germany i was excited to hear that the season did get delayed a little bit so you're not missing league matches but that must mean it's going to happen fast as soon as you get over there right like as soon as yeah. you arrive sunday you're you're into preseason already right yep we've got a exhibition on thursday and i get there monday Nice. Plenty of time to earn the starting spot, I think. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. And then how does the season look? Like, obviously, with the delayed start, that probably means, like, there's no chance you're coming home for the holidays. Like, hopefully, family will visit you during the break? Um, Unsure. I mean, I'm living with Hillary, so... And her brother's out playing in France, too, so I'm sure her family will come out. And I've done Christmas with friends the last two years, and my parents have finally accepted that. So I'll probably stay out there and maybe travel a little bit. Have you roomed with Hillary before, like in a hotel at some of these tournaments you've played together? Yeah, last year in Mexico for Pan Ams, we were roommates. It was, it was all good times. Nice. And obviously you haven't been there yet, but is that 
um like does the club put everybody in a similar like apartment complex like are you going to be around your teammates and the other internationals probably no it's pretty spread out throughout the city different apartments Guess that makes sense well this was awesome it's always great getting to talk to you and thanks again for joining the show you too thanks for having me